All right, good morning, folks. Happy New Year to you. Uh, some of you I haven't seen, some of you I've already seen. It's going to be a great day, but I'm going to tell you right up front, it's going to be a challenging day today. Uh, so we've already been talking about this this morning, then we're working towards this, and I want you to realize what's happened. If I went through every section in this room right here, right now, thank you, man, and just uh, remembered over this last year what God has done in different lives all over this place, it literally blows my mind. Because he's been doing some amazing things through, through some very difficult, through some very tough uh, parts of life that happen. And I've watched him do it. I, I heard a couple this morning that somebody stopped me and said, you're not going to believe what God did. And so I don't know if you realize this, but he's still at work. And he wants to do something in your life this morning. Whether you're sitting in this room or whether you're watching online, he's got something that he wants to do in your life. And one of the things that I've discovered, and you listen to, to, to podcasts, and you listen to radio shows, you listen to TV shows, uh, we live in a world with a whole lot of messed up theology. I mean, it's like, it's, it's bent so far, you're not even sure where it came from. Uh, and here's the struggle for us. In this room, uh, so many of us in this room that would call ourselves believers, that would call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, we kind of land in this area of asking the question, but, but what, if, what if I've truly got something wrong? What if I've truly got something that's just so, I'm so deceived in part of my theology because of something I've been taught as a kid, because of something I've learned online? because of something I've learned in school, because of maybe even something I, I think I heard myself. Like I thought it was the Holy Spirit, but yet it doesn't line up with God's word at all. And so there's this issue that goes on in my life and I don't know how to fix it. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be digging into the tough subject of our own personal theology, what that comes from and, uh, and what that is and asking the question, is it correct? Have I missed something somewhere? Uh, how, how do I know if it's correct? And, and then what if I do have something that's completely off? What do I do? So I think the first place we start is what is theology? Well, theology in and of itself is a very simple word. It means the study of God. Now, that part seems simple enough, but the problem with the world that we live in is that kind of everybody seems to want their own kind of God. And so what we're going to approach this in, and the way we're going to look at this over the next couple of weeks, is from a biblical theology. So what does the study of God, according to His Word, teach us? And how do we line up things that are right? How do we fix the things that are upside down and messed up and turned around backwards? You know, we can't fully understand God, or at least I don't see that we can fully understand God this side of heaven it's not that he doesn't want us to it's just that we are limited it's it's that his ways are so much higher so different than ours and the way that he works sometimes it messes with our minds and it even will sometimes cause us to want to go in a different direction because we're scared of what he leads and what he calls us to do and so what do we do with this because we won't get to the place on earth where I think we can say we completely get God I mean he called himself I am, which is 
complete, and we describe him with literally dozens and dozens and dozens of words through the Scripture that helps us to understand who he is, but it's just one more description of I am because he's all of that. He's all of that. He's so complete. And so every description we ever make will come up a little bit short of who God actually is. So, it leads us to this place that I call deceptive theology. Because our theology will often be a lens through which we'll look at everything else we look at in this world. I want us to get this right. This week we're going to be digging into how to discern God's voice from the enemy's voice. How to discern God's voice from Satan's voice. It's way too much for one week, but it's vital that we know who we're listening to. So week one, this week, we're going to look at how we, at how we uh, make sure we're not listening to the wrong voice. Next week, we're going to learn a little deeper how to listen to the right voice. But when you get this first part, it will start pressing you in the direction of the right voice when you learn to quit listening to the wrong voices. One phrase that you'll hear over and over again for the next few minutes is this, God's voice will never contradict God's word. Just let that soak in. God's voice will never contradict God's word. So what, he, what we think we're hearing will never be against what he's already said. Crystal clear through scripture like that. So if you'll join me, I just want to pray because I think this is a big, deep, heavy thing that we're going into and honestly, I believe that, that Satan would try to, to, to tempt us not to listen in these moments. He doesn't want you to hear what God actually says about how we deal with this. So let's pray together for just a moment. Father, we want to hear from you today. Nothing less because that's what we need. We've come in here, we're messed up people, we know the sin we've got in our life, but we know your grace, we know how great it is, we sing about it, but God, we know it, we've experienced it, or we want to. We want to hear your voice. We want, we want to hear things, God. We, 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 we think things through our mind, we, we buy into things that we're uncertain about, beliefs that are that we're, God, we're so sure that they have to come from you, but do they? Does what I'm hearing measure against your word? Everything that we think from here, think that we hear from you, God, everything that we experience with you, God, bring us to that point to ask that question, does it, does it measure up to your word? Can it withstand the, the scrutiny of your word and if it doesn't God help us to know that we cannot trust it that we have to walk away God we need to know that you will never contradict yourself teach us Lord teach me teach us teach us online wherever we are in this moment in Jesus name amen so my goal is this if this is the last thing I ever get to teach you, I want you to know this. I want you to learn to distinguish how to hear God's voice. Knowing this is tough, I want to I put some, if you will, I want to put, put some safety nets 
underneath you that will help you realize this is good, this is not, this is right, this is wrong. To help us know when it has to be him and also to help us discern when it cannot be him. And this will help us keep our theology on target. That is the goal. John chapter 8 and verse 47 in the New Living Translation says it like this. You'll see it up on the screen. Hopefully you got your Bible in front of you as I do as well. Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. So real quickly, if we're not listening, something's up inside. Ultimately, if we refuse to listen, John says we don't belong to him. So I want to begin here. And again, I think you already get this. I think you already realize this is where we're going today. Always use the Bible as the clarifying filter for everything we experience. Always use the word for everything that's going on in your life to go back. God, what is this? What's going on? Where are you in this? When you hear a new truth, a new truth, God, is this you? Could this possibly be you? Where is this coming from? So does what I'm hearing line up with the Word of God? We're going to go back Old Testament on this. We're going to go back early with Adam and Eve in this to Genesis chapter 3. It's the spot where sin entered the world. Sin entered the world through a, a new voice if you will, that happens in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Things have suddenly changed in the garden. Uh, Adam and Eve have been there. It's just been them and the Lord. And, and up until that point, it's been them and the Lord and, and all the creatures, the creations that God has made. But there's a new voice now. And I want you to see what happens. In, in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. So the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals. The Lord had made. So the serpent, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. And one day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Well, I think we already know that answer. If you've been into it at all, did God really say you must not eat, from, eat the fruit from any of the trees? No. It's already messed up. You see how he's already swung it a little bit to make it sound like something that God never intended? He's already gone there. So stop and think about this for a minute. What's the only voice that Adam and Eve, according to what I read in Scripture, and I believe what you'll read in Scripture too, that they've heard in the Garden of Eden besides themselves, Adam and Eve? It's the voice of the Lord. It's the voice of God. That's the voice they've heard. They've walked and talked with God in this perfect place up until this, up until this one moment. But they listen to this new voice. It's like they throw on the brakes to everything they've known, everything they've trusted. And we don't know how long that period of time. It could have been a very long time. But they've listened to one voice, but now there's this new voice. And in our society today, we might hear it like this. If, God, if, if, you, if you really love me, why would you put these kind of brakes on something that looks so good? Uh, I hear people say this all the time, but, but God, God loves too much. He would never do that. Sometimes love has to do hard things. Sometimes love has to be just, and God is just, so the only thing God can be is righteous and just. 
The wrong voice will cause questions about God and cause questions about God's word. When we hear the wrong voice, you can know that. Uh, Think about it. If Satan can make you doubt something about God, he might just have you. Because doubt has this terrible thing that happens in our lives that becomes a snowball effect. One doubt leads to another doubt that leads to another doubt that makes us doubt everything that leads us to the spot we even doubt God. And there are people, and we've probably all been there to some degree, where we doubt even the very loving creator that created us, so we, we doubt. Doubt is devastating. But I'm just telling you, that's Satan's goal. That's his goal, that you would doubt God, that I would doubt God. That was his goal with Adam and Eve, that they would doubt God. This first phrase says that. Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? He's twisted it already. The wrong voice will misrepresent God's word. It'll twist it. It'll move it. God allowed them to enjoy everything in the garden except one tree. You can go back and look at this in Genesis chapter 2. You may eat from any, you may eat freely from any tree in the garden except this one. It was about obedience. It was about God's authority. And here's the deal. God knew what they would do already. He didn't make them that way, but he did give them the choice just like he gives us the choice. So Satan twisted God's word to say that God's holding back on you. And in this world that people are going to say the same thing, isn't God holding back from you? And just a couple of quick examples. I've, I've heard so many uh, young, engaged couples through the years that have said something like this. This is the person that God told me to marry. All right, let's go with this. What's happening now? So... Maybe I know one of them, and I know that they are a follower of Jesus Christ. I know that. And I'll even ask the question. And, and our teenagers and our, our bridge ministry and young couples, I'll say, well, do they love the Lord? Well, I mean, they're a really good person. I don't know if you see what just happened right there, but God told me, I don't think could have been a, God told me. You see what I'm saying? And, and we, we reconcile it saying, but God told me this. So if God calls us, and call, calls us in marriage to be like, I don't know, both believers, then great if that is what's going on. But if not, you have to go back to like 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14 and 15. Do not be yoked together with those who do not believe. Verse 15 goes on and says, or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? So real quickly, you understand, did God say that? Well, no. Here's something else I think about. Things we, we, we think we hear God tell us. There are often things that we want to hear rather than what he is actually saying. And you have to go back to that question, does it line up? with God's word you may have said this well God if you if you don't want me to do this then stop me did you hear God say that you should say that to him because it's not here please show me how this this 
conjecture, this unproven theory lines up with God's word. The only thing that you could even take and stretch from there would be this. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But that's because it started there. It wasn't a, yeah, God, I'm kind of kind of gonna kind of need to test you on this. And if I'm doing this wrong, man, just knock me down. I don't know if we want to put God to the test like that, do we? Do we realize who he is? Shane Pruitt said this. He works with our uh, North American Mission Board. He said, uh, some people are asking for a fresh, free word from the Lord while still not obeying the eternal word he, has already, he already gave them. We want something new. We want a new word from the Lord, but yet we haven't even started doing what he's already told us to do, and it's crystal clear. Let's move on. Never revise God's word. We've got a lot of revisionists in our society today. Never revise God's word. Will, will I have to add or take away or adjust to God's word to do what I'm hearing? Because if I have to do any of those things, then just hear what you just did. It's no longer God's word. And you have, you're lying to yourself for one. You can always tell if you're messing up the truth when the truth you speak or live by is a little different from the truth that you were given by God. Watch how Eve handles this. And, and, and intentionally or unintentionally, it doesn't matter. Here's how she handled it. Because a lot of us would say, but I didn't mean to do it like that. It doesn't matter whether it's intentional or unintentional. It's the way we do it. But here's what she did. Verse 2. Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's... It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. And then she said, God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If so, you will die. Now, some of you are super sharp. Do you already realize what she did right here? Because the first part, she got all right. He said, we just couldn't eat from this one tree. But then she said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now, if you don't see it, I'm going to point it out to you. First, Eve omitted that God said you may eat freely from the garden. Now, she just said you may eat from any tree in the garden. But God said you may eat freely from it. What's the difference? This is for you to enjoy. That's what God said. This is for you to enjoy. And she said, God said we could eat it. But God said you can enjoy this freely. But she omitted something that was so important. Second, and it seems so minor, but God said, don't eat from this tree or you will die in Genesis chapter 2. Eve said, don't eat or even touch it or you will die. Now, it seems so little, so insignificant, but she added to God's word. Where she took away in one place, she added in another. Here's a third thing that I see in this that Eve did. And remember, Eve has heard all this secondhand from her husband because God initially said all this to Adam. Okay, so that makes him guilty by association with this thing already. But the last change she made was that she failed to recall that the truth that God gave was a command to obey. Matter of fact, in most translations, it says that, she, that, that God commanded that they not eat from this one tree. He said, this is the way that it has to be, not to eat from that tree. So compare that back to Genesis 2. I encourage you, if you're not doing a quiet time right now, this is a good place to go back and start. Look at Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Go back, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1. Look at what God said and look at what Satan said and look at what Eve said. 
and how they responded to it. It's a big deal. So partial truth about Scripture can result in a distorted, distorted theology. Partial truth is dangerous. It happens, when we, it happens when we pull a verse out of context. And we're like, oh, this is the truth. No, you've got to read what's before it, what's after it. You've got to read what else God says about that one truth, not just pluck it from one place. You have to read it in context. It happens when we insert one tiny adjustment to God's Word to make us feel a little bit better about it. Jesus, Jesus was tempted like Adam and Eve were tempted. Ironically, He was tempted in a garden like Adam and Eve were tempted in a garden. He was tempted three times. Yet, He said no all three times why did he say no all three times he said because it is written oh wait a minute where's it written god's word that was already spoken that had already been shared that 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 he was part of the author of and so what was already written he knew that I can't go there because God already said no. Now, see, when if Eve and Adam had said, wait, God said no, I can't do that because it's written. That's what God already said. It was his word. The only way to keep from, from messing up, from distorting God's word is to make sure that we know it. And especially, and some of us are just like me on this right here. There's a whole lot I know about the word, but there are things I don't know. And when I don't know what it is, what do I need to do? I'm not going to assume that my mind is right on it. I'm not going to assume that what I hear from some speaker on the radio on it, I'm going to go back to the truth and look at the Word on it and see what the Word says about it, to see what God said about it, because that's where the truth is. That's where you and I have to go. We have to go back to the Word and clarify. I, I just think about this. We didn't write the Word. We have no business rewriting any part of it. We didn't write it. I think about another example in this one, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. Some of you may have this on your wall at home or, or on a notebook or on a journal or something. I just want you to think about what you're saying when you say this. God will not give us more than we can handle. Well, he actually does say that. But if you read it in context, that's not all that he says. He's not talking about stuff that you can handle. He's talking to believers. He's talking to followers of Christ. And what he says in context is that I will not give you more than you can handle by my spirit. In other words, I will not give you more than you can handle with my help. You see how different that is? God will not give me more than I can handle. What? That's not what he says. If you, if you believe that, you need to go ask some folks about it. Go ask Job. Go, go read the book of Job and see if God will give you more than you can handle. If you think that God won't give you more than handle than you can handle, why don't you go ask Peter right before he was crucified upside down? Or 10 of the other 11 apostles that were murdered because of their faith. You tell me if God won't give you more, because I can't handle that. And I'll be honest, I don't think you can either. context matters so much here's one last thing be careful not to contradict God's word be careful not to contradict God's word Genesis chapter 3 and verses 4 5 and 6 
Satan takes this to a new level as he speaks through the serpent. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. God said you will surely die. Satan says, surely you won't die. Verse 6, the woman was convinced. Yikes. After all she had heard, after all she had experienced, after everything that had happened, after the goodness of God that we just sang about, she walked and she talked with God in the moment. She never had a mosquito bite. She was in perfection place. The serpent wasn't a biting serpent. They were in complete control over everything that was there. None of that was, none of the, the struggles that we, fire ants. They didn't bite. It was the perfect place. Think about it. They weren't running from the bear. After all of that, the woman was convinced with like three sentences. Do you see that? Like three sentences, and that's us. We get convinced like that. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and we do that with sin, don't we? Oh, it looks so good. This has got to be, everybody else is saying this is good. She saw the tree was beautiful, and it looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit, and she ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. Three, four sentences bought into it 100%. How quickly this happens. Adam and Eve apparently just, just met the serpent, like with a voice. <laughs> and they give the creature their time. They listen to him, and then they immediately both bought into what he was selling to the point of completely giving up everything they had known. See how quickly it happens, but we do the same thing. You know it. You know it, too. The, the more time you give the enemy, the more he's going to draw you in. The more, of a, the more of an inch you give him, the more of a mile he is going to take. I just think about it like this. My mind works in, in kind of patterns like this, but the wrong voice will downplay the consequences of sin. They're going to say, oh, yeah, it really won't be that bad. It, it, can it really be like that? That's what we ask. It, it's, it's not really as bad as God says. I mean, Satan says, you won't die. Where did he get his information from? And see, so what we don't know at this time that we learn later is that his thing is that he wanted to be like God. Well, guess what he wanted for Adam and Eve? Oh, you can have what I'm going to have. I'm going to be like God. Even though he already knew what his outcome was going to be, we just hadn't been told yet. And Satan does this every single time. It won't be as bad as we think. Uh, I think of another. The wrong voice will suggest that God is holding back his best for us. He's not holding back his best for us. He knows what will harm us. And so he, he does try to convince us, don't go there. I command you, don't go there. It will cost you if you go there. Satan says your eyes will be opened and you'll know good from evil. See, if God holds anything back from us, it's for our good. He doesn't hold back from us to keep us from his best. That wrong voice will sell us a lie. 
That wrong voice will sell us a lie every single time. And in this case, he says we'll become like God. Satan says, you just know, you just know that, that God's keeping, you from keeping, keeping this back from you because he doesn't want you to be like him. And in his weakness, he doesn't want that to happen. He's God. He's almighty God. He's I am. He knows everything. He created it all. He's not holding anything back. He has no fears. He's unchanging. What's so scary about this is that we do exactly what Adam and Eve did. They heard a new voice. They listened to it. And then they immediately trusted this voice to have greater authority than the creator that's loved us in the beginning of time. And some of us in this room remember that, that beginning of time for us. I'm not talking about your birth. I'm talking about your new birth. And you remember how Christ changed your life? But yet at some point, and it can be quickly or it can be years gone by, that suddenly something you, you hear this voice and you're like, this is it. This is new. This is fresh. This, is, this has got to be right. And I'm saying go back to what his word says. Go back to where you started. Go back to the beginning. Uh, stop and think about it. The voices that we're trusting today, some of us get our news today from things like TikTok. I'm just saying that's a bad source. It's a bad source. You don't want to get your truth from there. And some of you say, well, I'm much better than that. Well, I'll go to Wikipedia to get mine. <laughs> Another safe, trusted choice. No. There's a safe, trusted choice in God's Word. And always measure every experience, everything in life that you're experiencing back to His Word. Think about it. Think about Adam's view in this. Adam knew where Eve came from when he said it's not good that man should be alone I mean even though God healed it the next morning he knew something was a little different in his rib cage a little tender here and then God put all the the creation before him all the animals before him that's nice that's good that's all right that's all right and then woman woman flesh of my flesh do you remember that Adam was part of that. He witnessed the miracle of life. And then he ate the fruit too. You can't always trust your feelings. Matter of fact, what I've learned in my life is I can rarely trust my feelings. I can trust deeply in the truth of God. And that's what we have to do. You can't always trust the voice or the voices that's coming through your head or coming through your radio or coming across your social media you can't always trust those you can't always trust your friends you can't even always trust your family but you can always trust the word jc ryle said it like this beware of manufacturing god a god of your own a god who is all mercy but not just such a god is an idol of your own as i wrap this up i want you to think about how prevalent this voice that we're hearing that's the wrong voice actually is. Satan disguised himself in the form of a servant, a, a creature that God created and called good, but then chose his own way and went all the wrong ways. Adam and Eve 
were not surprised by him. He didn't scare him to death when he showed up and he was wrapped around that tree. It did not scare him. But here's the deal. Satan still impersonates so much today. And just when you think, no, he would never do that. That's exactly what he would do. He still offers a counterfeit righteousness that what we do will be enough. But the only thing that we'll, that we'll ever do that will be enough is to trust Christ by grace through faith in the Son of God who is all righteousness. It's the only way that will happen. God offers grace through faith. Satan still has false ministers who preach a false gospel. You can go thumb through things on your phone or, or uh, on your TV this afternoon, and you can find all kinds of false gospel. He still has false believers gathered, and, and, and these gathered Christians gather together in false churches. And crazy, unbiblical truths are taught every single week. Beware. Because some of you will not be at the Grove at the end of this year. Your job will move you. Relationships will change. Something will be different. And you'll have to start all over again in a new city. Be careful who you're listening to. What are they teaching? What are the people around you? What, are they, what is their truth based on? So two quick things just to get you out of here and, and to take this away with us today. How do I get this right today? How do I make sure that I don't miss the truth so that I'm not deceived according to God's word? Just two things. If there is any doubt about the voice you are hearing, clarify it by God's word. And if I can just take that one step further, even if you don't have doubts, still clarify it by his word. James chapter 1 says, if you lack wisdom, ask God for it. And he will give it freely. You need godly discernment. Scott Saul said this. He said, your, your feelings can lie to you. So can your culture. But scripture never will. Last thing is this. Know who you're listening to. Know who you're listening to. Next week, we're going to dig deeper into not just making sure we're not hearing from the wrong voice, but to make sure we're hearing from the right voice. It's too much for a week. It's too much for us to take in. There's a lot of stuff to take in here. Go through that outline. Go through those scriptures. See what God's got for you. I want you to stand where you are. Worship team's going to come. And they're going to lead us in a song that's it's really what I would call a, a time for us to get things right with God. And for some of us, we've been deceived for a long time about, and I don't know what that is. You fill in the blank with what it is that, that you've been deceived by. But say, God, clean this up in my life. Take me back to your word. Take me back to your truth so that I would know you rightly and righteously. And if you've come to this place in your life and you've missed this truth, take this truth. How do we come to Jesus? Jesus said we must repent and we must believe. That means we repent of our sins. We repent of the things that we know about, knowing that only God can forgive us. And we ask Jesus to forgive us. We ask him to come in. We ask him to take over. We ask him to make us new. It's the only way that it happens. Then this other will start to make sense about following the truth of God. True theology. Biblical theology. 
Drew's going to be down here. I'm going to be down here. The stairs that are down here, make that your altar if it's time just to come talk with Jesus. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. Only worry about what holy God knows about you, cares about you, wants to do in you right now in this moment. Father, work in my friends' lives in this place, whether it's the first time they've ever walked in this door or whether they've been in here for 30 years, work in our lives.